Digital shows would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. The big picture people, the experts in smart home cinema. Yamaha, professional commercial audio. Bar Bridges Australia, cooling the beers of a nation. The Stubby Club, the original stubby holder dispenser. Hamperworld, the gift specialist. Buffalo Sports, a brand name in sports since 1972. The Framing Queen, quality affordable framing. Broker Rocher, helping you make an impression. everyone how are you that's not bad that's not bad I reckon we could do a bit better though what do you reckon come on good evening everyone how are you yeah all right welcome along to that's good for footy nice to have you at the Mulgrave Country Club welcome along to Hawthorne night just been chatting with the boys out the back uh, they're very eager to come out and meet you all I'm pretty sure you'll probably be uh, pretty keen to get them uh, out here as well. I'm looking for everyone to get their phones up as soon as they come through that door. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Welcome to That's Good for Footy. This is the only live and interactive footy panel show. This is where the fans meet the players and the players meet the fans. These shows are for the passionate supporters. These shows allow you to see the players be themselves. Let's go. Let's get stuck in. Hawthorne Show, June the 28th. Please welcome to the show. Our first panellist, he was born on the 4th of August in 1999. He's played a total of 66 games and he's kicked 66 goals. He made his AFL debut back in 2019. When he plays for the Hawthorne Football Club, he wears a number 13 on his back. Could you please welcome to the stage, Dylan Moore. Thank you to all the five people that were singing. That was wonderful. Uh, great to have Dylan here. Now, Dylan's first time on the show, everybody. So, you know, everyone go nice and easy. But Good to have him here. I'm going to go into a little bit of uh, questioning uh, once uh, I get the other panellists out here about Dylan and, and how he's come to the meteoric rise of where he is right now, uh, which is great. But uh, how's everything going, mate? How, how's training going? How are you in life in general? How's everything? Yeah, training was going well until uh, we got smashed on the weekend, so this week's <laughs> been pretty tough already. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, going well. Life's going yeah. well. I'm living with Will Day at the moment, and okay. he's playing good footy, so the household's happy. So, how good's yeah, that? Good. Nice. And how nice is it to walk out here and see all these lovely Hawthorne fans with yeah. a, their welcoming uh, rendition of the Hawthorne theme song? Yeah, it's, it was great. It was great singing. We'll hear it again soon, hopefully. Yeah, good. That's what we want to hear. Well, you're about to hear it about uh, in about another 15 seconds, which is good. Uh, let's get our second panellist out here. He was born on the 14th of October in 1998. He's played a total of 59 games and he's kicked 106 goals. He made his AFL debut back in 2018. When he plays for the Hawthorne Football Club, he wears the number two on his back. Could you please welcome to the stage, Mitchell Lewis. <laughs> Very good, thank you everyone. 
very nice. There's, uh, there's some nice people down the back of the room that are all going, hey, how good is this? But there's no better look than the two girls up the front that are going, there's Mitchell Lewis. I like that. Very good. I'm not going to point them out. We're just going to leave it at that. Uh, it's great to have the boys here. Mitch, I did ask um, Dylan when he first came out how he's going. How are you, mate? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to see uh, such a great turnout here tonight. Um, training's going very well. We had our mid-season buy a couple of weeks ago, so yep. the body's feeling fresh and rejuvenated. Good, good. We're going to get stuck into all that. We've got a lot to get through tonight. I'm going to go through it all now. We're going to talk about it. I want to get stuck in here with, these, with a couple of questions off the top. They're a little bit meaty. You can decide whether you want to go anywhere with them or not. Guys, I want to talk to you about the buy round, so I'm going to start with a question. Is a month of buys too much? It's been tried and tested a heap of different ways over the journey, and I think the one is the worst version ever. I think this is why this, uh, I don't think the supporters like this, but what about you players? Do you have an opinion? Is a month of buyers too long? Uh, I actually had no idea there was a month of buyers this year, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I'll just look at the fixture and see when we're playing. So. Yeah. Um, we had our buy a couple of weeks ago, which was good, but um, I actually don't really have an opinion on it. It doesn't affect me too much. I've got a little bit of an opinion. Good. Just because I'm a bit more of a footy nuff than the Mitter is, yeah. and I do Supercoach, and it's been ruining my Supercoach for the last yeah, month. Yeah, right. So, nice. Uh, I prefer just one month, and um, yeah, hopefully that... That helps my Supercoach side in the future years. Yeah. I've just found it strange because obviously you'll have six teams over, then you'll have three and not play, then it's six, then it's three, then it's another six. Out of the whole 18 teams, it just upsets the whole fixture. It's all over the shop. Uh, the fans, I just want to ask, can I see a show of hands? How many people actually like the buy round, the way the structure's set up at the moment? You like it? How many don't? Yeah, well, there you go. There's the unanimous answer I was looking for. I should have asked them and not you guys. But um, more importantly, uh, just to find out how it actually sits with you guys, do you, did you guys get to go away at all? Did you um, get to rejuvenate? Do you go and spend some time somewhere, spend time with family, kids, whatever the case? What's the... Yeah, we all get, I think it's from Wednesday till Sunday off. Yeah. So, yeah, the club gave us five days off and pretty much everyone went somewhere. So I headed up to Darwin. Okay. Spent a couple of days in the community in Catherine. Oh, nice. Last year we got to play in Darwin and we got some connections with a few of the remote communities up there. So I went back there with a few of the boys this year and then uh, that did that for two days and after that just uh, went to Darwin, uh, sat by the casino pool and just relaxed there for the yeah. next couple of days. Oh, that's good. What about you, Mitch? What did you do? So that was a really great answer in terms of things to do for the footy club and giving back. <laughs> I, I went to uh, Barn Boogle, which is a golf, golf club down in Tassie. Yeah, Tassie. So um, absolutely love my golf. And there was uh, eight of us that headed down there from the footy club. And, nice. Um, yeah, had a mini tournament over three days, which was really nice. How cool is that? And I know you're a very keen golfer, which I'll get to a little bit later on. But how, how do you find Barn Boogle? It's just a beautiful course. Yeah, it's amazing. And people think that uh, this time of year, June, July, is um, quite fresh, which it is. But the weather down there is actually really nice. So yeah. not like James Sicily, I love Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very nice. I like that. A little throwaway line in there. Good man. Hey, with the addition of Gather Round this year, now you, you are now playing 24 rounds. Some teams play each other twice, some only once. Is this fair or is it um, on the competition? Is it fair on the competition? Well, Damien Barrett would say if you verse us twice, it's unfair. <laughs> but no, I, I don't think it's unfair at all. It, 
it's just how footy works. And some people say that they want 18 rounds of footy, so you verse everyone once. But yep. uh, for me, I, I love playing footy, so the more games a year, the better yep. for me. So 24 rounds of football, just to um, talk about it a little bit more in depth, you've got 20 rounds of, 24 rounds of football when you have a buy round in there, okay? So it's still 23 games that you're going to be playing. Is that excessive, do you think, or are you happy with that, that amount of football? I don't think so, personally. Um, there used to be the NAB Cup where um, it used to be a proper pre-season competition and you play a lot more games now. We only have one formal practice match and um, we probably play another scratch match just to prepare ourselves for round one. So, um, yeah, we were playing that much footy previously before they introduced the extra round. Yeah, OK. I now want to follow on with that because this is another quick question, but it's on the same topic. Um, this one is about the Coleman, OK, because it relates back to the fairness in the competition and the teams playing each other twice. Both Tex Walker and Charlie Kernow kicked 10 and 9 respectively against the hapless Eagles. Um, we shot both of them to the top of the leaderboard and they will now play uh, West Coast again towards the end of the season. Um, fair, fair or is it just luck of the draw? What are your thoughts on that? That's actually very good and something I hadn't thought about. Um, oh, I wish I was up there in the Coleman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to stay fit. Um, no, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. Dylan? I'll never win a Coleman, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do see the, yeah, it, it can be a little bit unfair, but yeah. just those teams get better. I, I just, I, I've just found it fascinating because you, th you think about some of the rules that are implemented, um, sometimes you get to a circumstance where you see that and you go, West Coast, are, they're not having a good year of football. I mean, that's a common knowledge. But if you've got uh, good full forwards that are coming out and using that to their advantage and go, oh, mate, I might be able to get out there and kick a bag this weekend, next thing you become a Coleman medalist because of it, I don't know. So to me, it seems like not quite right. But I don't want to go and do it to get you uh, boys in any trouble any further, so I'll just leave it at that. Let's go into past, present and future. Um, Dylan, I want to start with you, mate. Um, I found this fascinating. To me, this highlights the gritty determination and dogged, dogged never-say-die attitude that you possess. I'm going to summarise your career uh, to date. You finally get your chance to play in the VFL. Remember, this is just a... Uh, I'm surmising, all right? You finally get your chance to play in the VFL. Two games in, you injure your shoulder and you miss uh, eight weeks. You fought back and then you played in both the preliminary and grand final, kicking four goals in the prelim and three goals in, the grand final, uh, in that grand final win. The AFL then beckons. You get picked up as pick 67 in the national draft of 2017. Um, it would then be another two years before you would get your debut for the senior side, which was in round three of 2019. Then in 2020, you were delisted after only 10 games. You were then redrafted onto the rookie list. Then in 2021, you only missed two games through injury. Then you get a new contract, which is already a good story, but it gets better. I'm telling you this, all right? The same year, you were fourth in the best and fairest. Last year, you played every game and was third in the best and fairest. This year, you just signed a three, uh, a new three-year uh, contract. You were elevated to vice-captain. Then on the weekend, you run out as stand-in captain and you end up bagging the first goal in the game as captain. Mate, well bloody done.
I don't want to, I don't want to rain on that because that's a, that, when I was writing that, I was going, that's a bloody good story, mate. You have really, from the depths of, you know, how do I get back? How do I uh, find uh, the strength? How do I find the resolve to come out and then to achieve what you have? Tell us the emotion of what you've been through and how you felt on the weekend. Yeah, I appreciate that. No worries. You deserve it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been tough. Yep. And I'm lucky. I, I feel like I've been lucky with the support I've had around me at the footy club in the last three years. And even even when I started my career, I had a very a lot of ups and downs. And I was just trying to get my body right. Yep. Uh, in my second year, I played... I think I was playing five games in a row. I finally got my chance in the side and then... I got osteitis pubis, which ruled me out for six months, couldn't do any running. Yep. So then going into the next season, I was very underdone and didn't give myself the best opportunity to then play AFL footy. And we went to the hub and everyone knows the hub, that didn't go well for us. <laughs> so there was a lot of frustrating times there where it was, I was looking down the barrel of, I might never play AFL footy again. And yeah. I grew up a Hawks supporter, so all I wanted to do was run out in the brown and gold every wow. week. So yeah, to see that, I remember in the hub, we had a few... Uh, a few nights of crying, thinking <laughs> I might be delisted and he wasn't playing good footy either. So uh, we kind of formed a connection in the hub that we've had good support ever since just between us two and That's hopefully yeah, it's showing on the footy field. But those times, yeah, we're tough knowing that I might not play again, but then just get a lifeline and end up happening. The reason I stayed on the list was because Isaac Smith went to Geelong. So I got told if Isaac stayed, then I'd probably be delisted and wouldn't get picked up. So. Right. Yeah. Sliding doors, mate. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, from then so. onwards, it was just about optimism and and hard work. And we had Craig McRae come to the footy club and he was a big person for me that just said, I just want you to work really hard because that's your nature and have belief that you can play footy. So um, from then onwards, there's just been a lot of belief and optimism. That is seriously brilliant because, um, yeah, please, it feel like... I didn't, I didn't write any of that down to embarrass you in any way. I wanted to actually write that down because that's a hell of an acknowledgement and so there's a self-belief in uh, yourself. Uh, I also understand, and I like this as well, because you're into your athletics. Uh, you competed and you were successful in both the steeplechase and the 1600 at the, at the Stall Gifts as well. So you come from an athletics background. Yeah, the Stall Gift was handicapped, so yeah, yeah, I got still. a bit lucky. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did athletics ever since I was five or six. Wow. Yeah. Mate, I just love it. It's a really good story. Uh, I really do tip my hat off to you uh, to suggest that what you've been through in order to get to where you are, uh, absolutely fantastic. I had, um, going back a few years ago now, um, Daniel Menzel on the show from Geelong. Nine re uh, re knee reconstructions. To get, get, to get back up uh, time and time again and to keep going through that was just so impressive. Um, you haven't had the injuries to that level. Let's not go there. We don't even want to talk about that. Um, but you've been, th you've been through a lot of everything else to get where you are. So I just wanted to say congratulations. Now, Mitchell, uh, not to be outdone here, mate, you've had a lot of uh, uh, options growing up as well, proficient not just in football but also cricket and golf. Cricket at a district level and, and golf uh, with a handicap of, at one, of one. And I think you're now playing off scratch. No, no, bad form at the moment. Yeah? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm okay. Out, I'm out to about three or four. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So you should feel sorry for him. 
Wow. Um, but, mate, that's, that's seriously, that's unbelievable. You got picked up as uh, pick 76 in the draft, proving yourself to be a dominant option up forward. You um, had an interrupted start to 2023 with an ACL injury. How are you going um, with this? How uh, is your body and how much are you enjoying your football now? Yeah, very good. My body's um, in a great position. Um, we're actually just talking about it on the way here. Um, we get our GPS numbers posted after every game and um, I'm running in, career, in a career best way um, wow. at the moment. So, um, yeah, my first couple of games back after the injury, I was uh, a little bit slow to adjust to um, match conditioning and the fitness required at AFL level, but um, I've built a strong base now and, um, yeah, really enjoying... Um, the role I've got within the side. Obviously, I'm in the leadership group this year as well um, to have um, Maury um, as standing captain for these next couple of weeks. It's um, pretty inspiring to see one of your mates um, run out and uh, a, a club that he's supported um, for his whole life as well. So training has been going well. Um, I feel like we're building something really special um, as a group and um, yeah, it's going to take some time, but yeah. I think uh, the fans can see uh, what we're building at the moment. I agree. I agree. I wanted to ask you, um, we spoke about sliding doors there before. What about the circumstance for you? Sliding door moments, you had maybe choices to go with cricket um, and also with golf. What made you take the actual door that was opening, which was your football? What was the decision there? Yeah, so as um, a lot of young Australians do, they normally have two sports growing up and um, golf was always sort of a hobby, um, something to um, enjoy away from school and away from footy and cricket. But um, for a lot of my childhood, it was cricket that um, I wanted to do. So I grew up wanting to play for Australia, um, but there's only two or three spots as a fast bowler, which is um, what I was trying to become. And um, yeah, the opportunities, and obviously they didn't have IPL really back then, that was only just getting started, so mm. wasn't seeing that as an avenue forward, but um, yeah, really enjoyed my footy as well, grew up um, out in Wallen, Kilmore area, uh, playing for Assumption College under Scott Wind, who was the yeah. coach, um, wow. so yeah, he got me down to play as a year 10 in the ones, and um, yeah, everything just went from there, playing TAC Cup for the Calder Cannons, and um, play a couple of good games, get noticed and um, yeah, all of a sudden found myself on an AFL list but well I didn't done. think that I would uh, play one game, let alone still be here today. That's brilliant, mate. Can I ask you, um, anyone else in the family got the type of skills? Um, is, it, is it genetics? Does it come from... And I talk about, you've got three professions that, we, that I alluded to there. Um, obviously, we're talking about cricket, golf and also football. Does it come from uncles, auntie, you know, where... Tell you what, my old man would love if I could say him right now. <laughs> he would absolutely love it. And he was a very handy uh, cricketer and footballer. Um, I'm sure he'll find a way to watch this and uh, <laughs> he'll get stuck into me. But, um, yeah, handy footballer. He, he taught me how to kick. He taught me um, everything that I know now. Maybe not everything, but the basic <laughs> fundamentals of um, all three of those sports. We grew up on a golf course back home and um, he was club captain of that course for a while. Wow. So... He's, he's not great, though. He plays off 10 or 11, so... Okay. Yeah, right. um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I, I have to thank him for um, introducing me to all of these sports, especially okay. footy. In uh, Bloodlines, though, is there anybody else that... Um, close relative, siblings, anything along those lines? 
No. No, no, no. Okay. paving the way. Yeah, good man. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you, just because we touched on the cricket, you would have watched the test at Edgbaston um, last week. Um, would have been hard because it was different time zone to where we are. How did you cope with that and how did you feel at the end result of that? Yeah, I was trying to stay up at different points and having naps in the afternoon so I could stay up a little <laughs> bit later, but um, you've got to think about your training loads as well. So Absolutely. a main training session on the next day, it's probably not great to be staying up yeah. to the early hours of the morning. I had the same problem with the US Open in the golf as well, so um, there was a lot of sports going on at once. Um, I think the Lord's Test match would have started oh, yeah. started in a few minutes. Yep, all right. So somebody can keep updates on the scores. <laughs> there you as go. Well, yeah. Wow. Yeah, mate, so. that's brilliant. Uh, I absolutely love it. You've got a full dance guard, mate. Um, how have you found your direction under Sam, boys? I want to talk about that. And before I go on, guys, Hall of Fame last night, Sam Mitchell appointed into it. That's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um, he probably might have had to walk into the club sideways today to get his head through, you know, the actual actual doors. But that's just simply fantastic. Um, what I wanted to ask you, though, what has he said to you about your football and what type of role does he want you both to play? And I, I, I know specifically what roles you do play, but what has he asked you um, and what sort of a mentor has he been for your uh, footballing career thus far? Yeah, Sam's been enormous for me. It was... Yeah, my oh, his first year back at the club and we got to go to Kokoda with him and he kind of just learnt what he was going to be about and he just wanted to push you to the limits and wow. really drive you really hard. So learning that early on has probably set both of us up to, to kind of know what to expect for him as a head coach and yeah. nothing's really changed. He drives us hard and he yeah. wants us to get as good as we can, as quick as we can. Brilliant. So for myself, I actually had a good conversation with him late last year. I played a little bit of midfield coming to the end of last year. Okay. And one of our things we do at our ex interviews is we'll try pick the 20... So this year we'll pick our 2024 round one side. Okay. Who we think should play. And you've yeah, got to right. put yourself in your position. And I'll put myself starting on ball. Okay. And he cracked it at me. He was really? like... Nah, you've built yourself as a high half forward... When we win our premiership, we're playing as a high half forward. You'll have stints in the midfield, but primarily your role will be as a half forward. So wow. this year, move yeah, back straight into the forward line and we'll have little stints on the wing or try to sneak into the back line, get some cheap touches or yeah. head into the midfield. But mainly stats. I'll be 80% forward. How's that? And when you first heard that, did that come as a bit of a shock to you? I and mean, Were you initially going, oh, I don't know, but... You had full belief in what he was instilling in you and then you had belief in yourself. Did it happen like that? It wasn't really a shock. I was just trying to put myself in the midfield. <laughs> he shut me down. Yeah. But, no, I just, I just know that I've kind of got a flexible role on the side and he's instilled so much belief in me that okay. if I need you in the midfield, I'll quickly put you there. Or if you're not having a great day, I can chuck you on a wing. So oh, wow. I've been able to... Oh, he's helped me out a lot when I'm not in games just yep. to have the freedom to do something else. Brilliant. Well said, mate. I like it. Mitch, tell us a little bit about the role that he's asking you to play. I know where your position is, but what about the role? What does he expect from you? Yeah, first of all, as a coach, I think he's um, going to be one of the all-time great coaches, even um, this early on in his coaching career. I feel like we're only um, just seeing the beginning of um, what he's capable of tactically as a coach. Um, at the moment, we're building the foundations of our group, but um, as the years go by and uh, we all get uh, games under a, our belt, I think that tactically he will be one of the best. So that's just something to keep your eye on. That's um, on an individual level, um, 
it's pretty simple for me, game day. Um, obviously, I'm one of the main vocal points in terms of key position players in our side and um, I need to be a strong target ahead of the ball. So for me, that just starts with um, the contest and work rate as well. So those are the two things I think about each time I uh, go out onto the field. But um, for us two especially, we're in that age bracket now where, funnily enough, we're one of the older guys around the group. So um, us two especially and guys around our age need to be driving standards and getting better every day and that's something he's massive on. You've got to love those answers, Tony. That's brilliant. Well said, mate. Both of you. I love it. Really, really good. Following on from this, uh, what do you think is your best skill and or attribute in relation to your football journey? We all need good support. We all need a good support network and we all know, need good family and friends. Who's been your greatest support and influence as well as the question, your skill or attribute? Who's been your best support and what is your skill or attribute that you bring to the table? Growing up, Dad would love me saying this. Dad never played a game of football. Okay. He's from England, so he just yep. grew up with, with the round ball. But he was a massive influence on me. Just uh, everything that he wanted me to do was just around hard work and just getting reps in. So okay. I feel like on an early age, he really instilled in me that you just got to work hard. So on and off the field, that's probably my, my biggest strength is my work rate. And on the field, that's what I try and bring every week is – just try and work as hard as I can. And yeah, we're speaking about the GPS numbers. I'm trying to hit number one in the team for all yeah. the GPS targets. And Mitch is actually challenging me at the moment. That's great. Um, and then whilst I've been at the footy club, it's an obvious one I've spoken about in quite a bit, but it's Luke Bruce. Okay. He probably took me under his wing three years in. And ever since I've just gravitated towards him and he's one of the, one of the greatest small forwards of all time. So yeah. to have him in the locker room is, is pretty handy. Oh. Beauty. Everyone loves Bunky, don't they? Yeah, well said. Um, so um, just referring the question over to you, Mitch, uh, your greatest uh, attribute or skill, and the other thing that I wanted to know, who's your greatest support as well, or influence? Yeah, certainly early days, um, it was my, my folks. Um, there's no way that you can uh, do what you do as a uh, child and adolescent without your parents, and the amount of driving that um, my mum did, I used to drive to Ballarat, um, two or three times a week for cricket and um, footy as well. Like wow. It's just ridiculous the amount of hours that um, we would have put in on the road and um, Dad was always a great support. He never put too much pressure on me um, individually to perform but um, he was there with feedback um, if required. Um, more recently I would have to say my partner, we've been together for eight years and um, she's been a rock throughout uh, my playing career so she's always good keeping me level-headed, making sure that I ride the balance wave, don't get uh, too high after a good performance or too low um, after a bad one. Uh, in terms of on-field attributes, um, I hope I'm an exciting player to watch in terms of contested marking and kicking goals. I try to bring a lot of energy to the side and um, yeah, even during the week, I'm probably the loudest in the group, which can be annoying, but um, that's the, uh, I'm, an, I'm an energy giver and I want to um, get the best out of guys, which is why I do that. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I get the privilege of sitting up here and asking the questions, but uh, when they um, give me an old touche and go, well, I'm going to supersede you with a bloody good answer, you guys are doing that tonight, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, is there something from your junior footy that has stayed with you throughout your career? I mean something that you either lacked or had that you turned in into your favour. Was it speed, agility, size, core strength, ability to read the play, 
tackling pressure in and under, anything that has made you the footballer that you are today that you first acknowledged as uh, either a, a skill that you had or an attribute, I don't know, we've already spoken about that, but from your junior footy to where you are. Yeah, I can go. Uh, in terms of a um, negative one, growing up, I used to really crack the sads, like seriously crack the sads. Right. Like picture like Matthew Richardson carrying on on the MCG <laughs> yeah, type right. of Times that type of setup. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> no, no matter what sport I played, if if I lost or um, I put in a bad effort, like I was the hardest person on myself, and it's taken a long time to learn that skill and. For sure. Um, yeah, realise that it's okay if you make a mistake, but yep. how you move on is the important thing. Um, so it still challenges mm -hmm. me to this day, but um, I think it's become one of my greater strengths to um, make a mistake and having the ability to move on from that. Oh, I agree. Well said, mate. Well said. Uh, what about from your junior um, playing career? What? Yeah, I've probably got two. One would be pain tolerance. Okay. And more just around like toughness where my dad was a bit of a hard ass on me where I remember one day it was under 10s and I broke my arm, yeah. went to the bench crying my eyes out and dad just said, get back on, like you're fine. <laughs> and so I went back on, played the rest of the game, complained about it all week, played the next week. No. Played okay, I, I can't remember. And then we were in the, in the court, we lived in a court and we were just kicking footies and I couldn't mark the thing. And Dad was like, oh, all right, something's wrong, let's go. Turns out, broke my arm. No. Played a couple of weeks, but it's more just fighting through pain and yep. I feel like that's worked with, in my favour with just toughness and hard work is you cop a hit, you just got to get back up and... Yep. If I broke my arm today, I'll definitely miss a few weeks. But <laughs> yeah. it's probably just, yeah, fighting through little niggles or got a cork in a game. It's been able to still perform. And then the second one is probably just my size meant that through juniors, I never got picked for anything. So okay. didn't play under 16s, never played Metro until under 18s. Wow. Uh, got picked up with Eastern Rangers, so my NAB League side or Coates Higher now halfway through my bottom age year just because I was playing good school footy yep. but the whole time everyone was just looking for the perfect build yep. and I wasn't that so I never got picked so it was just probably proving people wrong and persevering and yep. going through adversity and being able to come out the other side better and bigger so I probably tried to take that on to my AFL career as well. Fantastic, freaking awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think of two individuals that spring to mind, uh, I've had them both on the show and I've uh, many times spoken to them about certain qualities, attributes and skills. Um, Boomer Harvey, games record holder, 429 games for the North Melbourne Football Club. He was one of those individuals who didn't think, everyone told him, no, you're not going to make it. Tony Shaw, captain of the 1990 Premiership side for Collingwood, another individual too short, you're not going to make it. So great that you have that belief. They've had it too, and if that gives you any knowledge to partake and, and move forward on, well done. Keep going, mate. Um, identifying your characteristics. New blood comes into the club. You both just alluded to before that you're probably in the senior leadership group. New blood uh, comes into the club, be that a draftee, a new recruit or a traded player. Does it give you more motivation to excel and succeed? And likewise, does it bring out the competitive beast in you? <laughs> I can tell from that wry smile that I'm going to get the answer I was looking for. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, good. 
I mean, you don't really have to find a motivation still at our age. Like, we're still very early on in our careers. um, So we're always motivated to get better. Um, We feel like we've nowhere near reached our potential on an individual or um, team level. So, um, yeah, it's very exciting when... um, new players come in, especially over the last couple of years because we've had some high draft picks for the first time in a long time. Uh, guys like Josh Weddle um, and Cam McKenzie coming in as first-year players and having an immediate impact. Like yeah. These guys are coming in and challenging uh, standards, the way we do things. Um, pre-season, Josh Weddle was like so far ahead of everyone in the running. We're just like, who is this kid? Um, and then to come in during the season and have an impact, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite inspiring. And um, as an older player, you need to make sure that you're keeping up with these younger guys. Good. Um, Dylan, what about your thoughts on that, that particular topic? Yeah, for sure. I feel like the people getting drafted now, maybe because they're higher draft picks, because they come in with a bit more confidence yep. and they know they're good at footy and... They've always been good at footy. So the wow. last couple of years or three years especially, we've had a lot of kids come in and they're already good and they're already first day at training, they're sidestepping you. They're breaking your tack and you're like, yeah, <laughs> wow, um, I've got to get better. So wow. there's a joke going on at the moment a couple of weeks ago. Conor McDonald dominated against the Lions and he been rated a higher forward than me or something in the competition. So everyone's been stuck into me and he's his second year. So makes me just, yeah, really want to get him back. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I hear it. Good stuff. All right, you're coming up against the Blues this weekend at the G, Hawthorne versus Carlton. Win with the game kicking off at 1.10pm on uh, Saturday afternoon. Carlton uh, are coming off the bye. There has only been two winners out of the 12 clubs thus far that have won after coming back from the bye. So the odds may be stacked in your favour coming up against the Blues. It's going to be a good test, though, for both clubs. 15th versus 16th. If the Hawks get off to a good start and maintain a four-quarter effort, who knows? It's going to be won and lost in the midfield, shut down their run, put pressure on the ball carrier, thus creating turnover and pushing it forward at all costs. Sounds simple enough. Get it down to Mitch and let him do his finest work. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. Yeah, sounds nice. Um, 15th versus 16th. It may not look like it's uh, anything, um, you know... um, playing finals or anything about that, but it's, it's going to be a good test for you guys to come out and, and, and play against Colton, who probably should be a little bit higher to, as, as to where they are, but in saying that, Hawthorne have got a lot to learn, and this will be a good game in order to see where you're both at. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I still remember when we played Carlton last year, we lost by a point, so... Um, I'm sure, that'll, I'm sure that'll come up um, at some point in our yep. oppo preview this week. But, yeah, I think uh, we own one. And um, if we get a good start, like you said, um, we're every chance. Excellent. Um, Dylan, your thoughts going out as captain, standing captain. Don't worry about the standing part. Go, going out as captain again. Uh, win the coin source. Get off to a nice start. Um, your thoughts on where the game is going to be won and lost? Yeah, you said it there. They've obviously got some really talented midfielders and... They got the Brownlow medals from last year, but you see Adam Chera this year absolutely dominating. He's probably yeah. leading their best and fairest. So they've got a lot of weapons in there, Sam Walsh, and then they've got the, the two twin towers down yeah. down forward. So it's going to be a tough battle. But, yeah, midfield will, will be challenging. But then I feel like if we can play a front-half game and keep it into our forward line, similar to what we did to Brisbane yeah. only three weeks ago at the G as well, I feel yeah. like, yeah, we start well and be in the game at half-time. I don't know if they've got the legs to run with us. Bloody awesome. I love it. Well, all the best to you both. Good luck this weekend and for the rest of the season. Stay injury-free and enjoy your footy. Go, Hawks. There you go.
Put your hands together for the boys. All right, just as they catch their breath, we're going to move into our first little segment. That was just uh, that was just to get to know the boys a little bit. We want to um, now get a little bit more in depth with them. We're going to do it in our first little segment. It's called "What About Me." All right. Now I know you both love your footy, uh, but let's get a little bit more out about you and your footy journey. At what age did you first realise that you wanted to play AFL? Oh, as long as I remember. Yeah. yeah. Six or seven. Six or seven, good. Yeah, I was early days as well, but then I really uh, wanted to chase the AFL dream probably when I was 16. Okay, nice. Um, who's been your best mate at the club since arriving? I know you probably alluded to Luke Bruce, but who has been your best mate since arriving at the club? Oh, Mita Lewis. Ah, nice. Excellent. Yes, good. Oh, uh, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you're always mates with the guys that you get drafted around, so yeah. Maury as well, but uh, Connor Nash for me as well. Okay. We got drafted together. So. Yeah. yeah, good. All right. So describe for us what you were thinking uh, turning, up, turning up for your first day at your new job at the club. Where to park, where to sit. Who was the first person or player that made you feel welcome? It was nerve-wracking. Yeah. I was a bit starstruck at the start, obviously being a, a massive hawk snuffy growing up. Yeah. All I wanted to do was, um, yeah, be with these people. And I remember shaking Cyril Rioli's hand. He was probably oh, wow. the first or second person. And I was like, I've got a poster of you in my bedroom. Like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, I don't think anybody could guess the first person's hand that I shook when I got to the footy club. It was... Ty Vickery. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, so, right. yeah, he was there for a year, um, and he was the first guy I saw as soon as I walked through the doors. He was lovely as well, by the way, yeah. so really good guy. Um, but I do remember my very first training session, I was trying so, so hard out there, yeah. and I was stuffing up every kick. Like, it's a simple handball drill, yeah. and my handballs are hitting the deck, and yeah. um, I remember Ruffy, like, came and put an arm around me and just, like, Relax, mate. Yeah, like, good. It's going to be all right. Good. So, um, yeah, he uh, he uh, helped me out pretty That's early nice. on. Very good. Um, now, I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it for the benefit of the two of you and also for everyone here. Um, who did you grow up supporting and who was your favourite footballer when you were growing up? So we know who you, were, you grew up supporting, but who was your favourite footballer and then we'll get your answer. Yeah, Sam always gets sucked into me because I wasn't his favourite. Well, he wasn't my favourite. Yeah. I loved Luke Hodge. Absolutely loved yeah. him. yeah. The general. So I only had ever two numbers on the back. It was 15 and 33. So Cyril, wow. and, and, Cyril and Hodgie. Nice. Okay. Mitch? Uh, I didn't choose this, but I was a Richmond supporter growing up. Um, right. And being a key forward, I spoke about Richo before, but Matthew Richardson was my favourite player. There you go. All right. Thank God you ran into Ty Vickery then. Um, now, um, what was the feeling like when you first caught a glimpse of yourself in the full Hawthorne kit? So you're not at Kmart, mum hasn't gone down with you and you're trying something on and you've got, you've got to have a look at yourself in the shorts on the top. You're actually about to run out for the Hawthorne Football Club. You catch a glimpse of yourself somewhere, reflection in, the, in a window, in the mirror, whatever. You've got the shorts on, you've got the brown and white stripes and you're going, whoa, this is me, I'm doing it. Can you tell us what that emotion was like? Yeah, the brown and gold stripes. Uh, I... Um I probably caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and thought, geez, the other AFL players have much bigger biceps than me. <laughs> and I still think that to this day. Yeah, right. okay. um, 
But, yeah, it's a super, super surreal feeling. And still, um, each time you put the Guernsey on, it's special. Um, we have a players-only thing pre-game where we get all the players in um, to the change rooms and um, we put all the Guernseys on together because we know the importance um, of the Guernsey and we're just carriers of it for the time being. But um, it's gone through a lot of uh, very important people's hands and will do in the future as well. Absolutely. What was it like for you, Dylan? Yeah, it's, it's a privilege and mm. it's pretty surreal when you see yourself, yeah, you're running out. My first game was at the G, so you're in the changes of the G and you're like, well, I'm, I'm about to run out, live out my childhood dreams. So it's a really yeah. special feeling the first time you really get to put it on for the, for the first time to run out in because you have your, your photo shoot days and you put it on and it looks like a bit of a, like, a joke around the club when you've got your full kit on. Yeah. But once you're in the change rooms and you get to put the Guernsey on again, it's an amazing feeling. Brilliant. Love it. Since your time at the club, who has impressed you the most with their professionalism, their work ethic and their work rate? Who stands out? Um, for training standards um, and all-round professionalism, Moore is a hard one to go past. He okay. sets a very strong example for the group and um, it's probably a testament of where he's come from. He... Um, he would be the first to say he maybe didn't have the talent early days, um, but the amount of hard work that he puts in and continues to put in is um, yeah, a real example for us all. Great. We've got a kid, Ned Long, okay. who just puts himself into very uncomfortable situations and he pushes his body to the limit. So he's actually pretty inspiring to, to wow. train with, especially pre-season. He's the first one that would probably vomit after a session, just purely how hard he works. Okay. And everything he does is, yeah, is pretty top stuff. Good stuff. All right. Excellent. What is your mindset when you are going out to play? What's your individual focus? And what do you say to yourself to get into, into the zone? Uh, Pre-game, as I alluded to before, you'll find me carrying on, trying to annoy someone. Um, trying not to annoy the wrong people because um, some people are really serious before the games and just need to relax a little bit. Um, <laughs> Take a chill. So, yeah, I, I'm quite jovial and um, energetic before a game, but, um, yeah, as soon as uh, the first bounce um, occurs, uh, there's certainly a mental switch and um, I wouldn't quite say alter ego, but there is a different mindset that I have to go into to perform um, and do my role. I understand. Yeah, Mitch is up here with his energy before a game and just how calm he is. And then we've, we've probably got Frosty down here who you don't want to really talk to. Don't touch to. Frosty before a game. <laughs> I'm probably sitting, yeah, probably around here. I, okay. I, I like to be pretty calm, but then I get a bit nervous before games as well. So yeah. I just try to get myself into a good, into a good what Sam calls temperature, where you're okay. living at your optimal temperature before a game. So if you're too up and about and you're too eager to go out there, you just got to calm yourself down. So nice. I find myself probably in that situation more yep. often than not. But yep. then once once the siren goes, it's just game on That's and it. you're Bring ready to go. Yeah, white line fever. Do you get nervous on the big stage or do you just believe in your abilities to get you across the line? Bit of both, I think. Okay. Not speaking on behalf of everyone, good, but no, majority of us is, is a bit of both. And mm. you've got to believe in yourself. I feel like that's one of the main attributes of any successful AFL yeah. player is you've got to have that belief and that slight arrogance that you are good enough and that you will beat your opponent. Yep. So I do believe that belief is a big thing, but then, yeah, playing on the big stage and you've got to perform under pressure and mm. 
Sam's a massive one that at the moment we probably haven't been able to perform under pressure and the bigger games we're not handling right now. So round one we didn't handle the pressure and went over to Port Adelaide after a couple of wins and didn't handle the pressure there either. So it's something that we're trying to work on. Nice. Yeah, quite a similar answer uh, for me as well. There's certainly um, an enormous level of self-confidence and um, belief in your own ability and um, the work that you've put in throughout the week to set you up for a good performance. But, um, yeah, I'd be lying to say if I didn't get nervous before a game. Yeah, good. Describe one word and one word only that you think best describes each other. Mitch, you describe Dylan. Dylan, you describe Mitch. Loving. Ah, very nice. Pressure's on, mate. Trying so hard not to make this a joke. (laughs) Um, But seriously, uh, caring. Caring. (laughs) Lovely. Very nice. Lovely and caring. There you go. Love and marriage. Describe for us uh, your take on each other's sense of humour. Do the same thing again. What's What's your sense of humour like and what's yours? He can be pretty dry. Yeah, yeah. I'd say pretty similar. Like, you can get me to laugh quite easily, to be yeah. honest. Like, anybody can really get me to laugh. Okay. That's a hard <laughs> one to yeah. describe, yeah. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, all right, good. Let's do it then. Um, do you have a cause or hobby that you're deeply passionate about outside of football? I presume golf is going to be yours, yes? Yeah, yeah, golf. Um, I'm studying at uni as well. Maury's um, studying. I'm doing a... Uh, teaching degree, so health and physical education with biology. I recently uh, completed 10 days of placement at a school, so um, I was doing that on my day off during the week. Um, So that's something ticking ticking along on the sidelines as well as I've got a um, very energetic uh, four and a half year old dog, German shorthead pointer that uh, keeps me quite busy. Yeah, right, there you go. Nice answer too, by the way. Uh, Dylan, you? Yeah, I study commerce finance, so that keeps me occupied. Yep. But also, a uh, little hobby, I collect NFTs, so non-fungible tokens, but they're not going so well at the moment. Wow, okay. I do know a little bit about that, but that's good enough, that'll do. Um, what's the one headline you, that we'd like to wake up and read about yourself? More kicks 10 on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'll, I'll go one bigger, Lewis Stars in Hawthorne Premiership win. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's how, you, that's how you get that. That's Noted. nice. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, who's been your toughest opponent to match up on? Isaac Quainor is actually pretty good. Okay. His uh, combination of just his, like his speed, power, strength for a small is, is quite good, actually. Okay. Nice. Uh, I, probably my worst game for the year and... Um, Full credit goes to Stephen May um, from the Demons. Uh, I think he kept me to six touches and a goal. So, um, yeah, he's a really good player. He's super strong, but he's um, fast as lightning as well. So there'd be times I think I'd have him on a lead. Um, No, he spoils that. I push or try to push off him. He doesn't move. So, okay, okay, that doesn't work. Um, Yeah, and he he just makes it really hard for you to uh, play your game. Wow, good answers, boys. You've been asked to sing a song karaoke style. What sort of song are you going for? <laughs> we actually had a camp this oh, year yeah. where we did karaoke. Cool. And I went like 20th or something, so everyone had taken my song, so I ended up singing Hallelujah. Oh, really? <laughs> Real slow one, yeah. Jeff Buckley. 
Wow. Maury's got a great voice as well, so. Okay. Maybe later. We'll see. Oh, right. We'll do that. We'll do that later on. All right. After the autographs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitch. Um, my yeah, I like a lot of music, but I'm listening to a lot of Yusuf Cat Stevens at the moment. Oh wow! So yeah, good. old school. Yeah, yeah, old school. All right. What's that one smell that you can't resist or walk past? <laughs> Maury actually can't smell. Fun fact. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've lost any oh. any scent. <laughs> yeah. So I can't smell anything. So yeah, I can resist it at all. Wow. All right. There you go. See, um, you're learning everything here. Yeah. Oh, freshly cut grass. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, it is. Um, bit of a different one. Like people, like they like the smell of petrol. Like surely, when you're filling up your car, like I'm not sniffing petrol, but in terms of just like <laughs> like when it, when I'm filling up my car, it's just like oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, right. I like aviation fuel, so there maybe there's something in that too, and I don't do that either. Um, have you ever been in a situation where someone has recognised you and it was kind of embarrassing? Either for them or for you? No. No? I don't think so. No? No, no, no. Never, never embarrassing. I was, I was one of those kids that um, absolutely loved footy as well, and if I saw... Um, an AFL player, I'd be stopping trying to get signatures. So, yeah, um, yeah I've got a lot of time for um, people um, loving their footy club and loving players. Oh, well said. Well said. Yeah. That's just nothing off no, the top of my head. No, no. Nothing no, spring, springs to mind. What's been the weirdest thing that you've ever been asked to sign? Oh, kids are obsessed with getting their hands signed at the moment, like their arms, and it's just like... Your parents are just going to make you rub it off anyway, so... <laughs> It's not it's, like you're going to go down yeah, and take a tattoo parlour. Don't make make us sign your arms. It's getting annoying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. There, you heard it first. Yeah, and there's some weird ones. I think last year there was a massive trend of just getting random things signed. So I think I signed like a milk bottle or something yeah. like that. Like yeah. Banana. yeah, bananas. 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 Our, um, our media guy at Hawthorne is really into TikTok. So okay. he's trying to become the number one TikTok page in the AFL. Okay. And last year at our signing sessions, he Chopping just kept boards. bringing out anything. He'd, he'd be like, yep, sign this. Ooh. <laughs> and just everything, he was just like... Anything and everything. Yeah. Wow, okay. Are you walking through the airport, a shopping centre, or you're sitting at home and you're watching KO, and a billboard or an image comes up and it's of you? What do you think? What's your first reaction? It's a good-looking rooster. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a few in the room that might agree with that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is a surprise, yeah. initially. It's weird. You, nev- yeah. you never get used to seeing yourself on TV, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I've probably seen it. Every time there's a photo of me, Mum's already got it. So <laughs> it's probably, probably already sent into my group chat. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, do you have a normal or an abbreviated signature when you're signing autographs, or is it the same one for everything? It changes. Probably shouldn't say this, but when I really want to do a nice signature and I've got a bit of time, yes. it's... Yeah, it's, it's, a full, it's yeah, pretty good. Nice. But then when we're in a real rush or something, it's just I usually just do a little DM13. Yeah, yeah, but otherwise I, I try to spell out the whole thing. I understand. And can I just preface it? The reason I ask is Kevin Bartlett did exactly the same thing. When he was doing his nice signature, it was full Kevin Bartlett. When he just does everything else, it's KB, number 29. That was it. So, interesting. What about you? Yeah, I think somebody early days told me to have your bank signature and your actual mm. signature is different. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I've got two different ones as well. Well, they're quite similar, but yeah. um, when we're signing uh, jerseys, especially 
um, in our signing days, we're signing a couple of hundred yeah. items at a time. So, and it's like a production line. You've yes. got to be really quick. So, yeah. um, if you're there signing your big long bank signature, it's not going to work. Yeah, it depends where you're sitting in that line too. I would imagine. Yeah, it's all it's all good at the front. One and two, um, A one position. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last couple of questions I wanted to ask you: What's the one AFL club you like to beat the most? Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easter Monday's always, it's probably my favourite game of the year, so to beat Brilliant. Geelong. Nice. Great. Okay. Yeah, the Easter Monday games are really good to win. Um, and Collingwood is another one, just because. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just because, okay, because it's Collingwood. Um, what's more important out of the following? I want you to rank them, okay? I'll call them out. You rank them. Um, money, family, friends. Rank them. What's more important? We'll go money three. Yep. Family one, friends two, but friends can also be family, so... Nice, mate. Well said. Yeah, I'd say very similar, the same. Yep. yep. Family, friends, money. <laughs> Rank them. M- money up there, a bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> Rank them. Holiday house possessions. What was it? Holiday house possessions. Possessions. Mm. What does that mean? Possessions, like, things disposal. you own. I actually don't know what possessions. Like things that you own. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So your golf clubs. They're your possessions. Mm. I don't have a house yet, so okay. number one. <laughs> number one house. Number two girlfriend, yeah. Need yeah. a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> needs one bad. Yeah. Holiday house possessions. House, possessions, holiday. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I recently bought a house, so I've got that covered. Congratulations, um, yes. Probably holiday last, yeah. Possessions and house, pretty soon. I'll go okay. possessions first. Good. I like My it. My golf clubs. Here you go. You've got to rank these three. Footy, fame, fortune. Well, if I come really good at footy, then I get a lot of fame, then I'll get fortune, so... Love it. Very well thought out. I can't beat that. Yeah, can't, can't beat that. that. Neither can I. That's good. And your last one, health, happiness, fulfilment. Health, happiness, fulfilment. Rank them. Uh, health one. Yeah, happiness two, fulfilment three. In okay. order. Yeah, same. Good, I like it. Um, the siren has gone. You're trialling by five. Which player do you hope has got the ball in their hands to win the game for you? We're whereabouts in the fifty? <laughs> it's all on you. Goal square? Uh, nah. Oh, can I say myself? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll take the responsibility. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm going that. Okay, good. On the count of three, don't look at each other, look out into the audience. At the same time, give me this answer. Which club has got the most feral supporters? Collingwood. Collingwood. One. Now